So in the time that we have left this afternoon, I'd like to at least touch in to the second of these four Brahma-Vihara qualities, which is compassion. And as you remember from the talk I gave last night, compassion is what flowers when the simple kindness and goodwill of metta turn towards pain, towards stress, towards distress, towards suffering of any kind. So compassion or karuna, to use the Pali word, is that capacity to turn towards our own or others' pain without losing balance. So not falling into overwhelm, not shutting down, not disconnecting. And this is definitely not easy. But with the resources of mindfulness and metta, we can patiently uncover what gets in the way of compassion so that it can more fully blossom and blossom as the wish to relieve our own or others' suffering. Now, just to emphasize here, cultivating compassion doesn't mean that we're trying to manufacture an emotional response that's not naturally there. It's about gently releasing what gets in the way. And in terms of the different energetic qualities that I've been pairing with the Brahma-Vihara, I've been connecting compassion with resilience. So resilience is this capacity to bend, to flex, not to break in the face of suffering. And resilience is both a quality that we need in order to experience compassion, and it's a quality that gets strengthened through cultivating compassion. So as we train in coming closer to pain, we're able to turn towards it and to soften around it, rather than reflexively pulling away and perhaps being broken by it because we have that brittleness. And again, this is easy to say, much harder to put into practice, but remembering that this is a training and we are learning to recognize those instinctive, habitual, physical and emotional reactions to suffering. And as we were tuning in just before, when we tune into our responses to pain of any kind, what we usually find is some kind of tensing, tightening, bracing, resisting, stiffening. And so right there, when we feel that in the body, we try to soften that stiffening, soften into the resilient responsiveness of compassion. So that's one reason why I invited us to notice what's happening in the body. And most of us need a lot of mindfulness training, or what I call body literacy, just to be able to recognize those default reactions to pain. And the benefit of doing this is that the more we can refrain from reacting to those reactions to the reactions, to that extent, we avoid adding a whole lot of extra mental and emotional suffering to the original distress. So it's a key skill to be able to tune into our physical responses of clamping down or bracing or stiffening and just softening. And this opens up a whole other channel of information beyond what's happening in our intellects. And I think this is particularly important when it comes to compassion, because pain is, well, it's painful by definition. 
and our nervous systems are almost hardwired to avoid it. And one very common strategy that we use to do this is to go up into our heads and to try and think our way out of or away from any unpleasant experiences. Anybody recognize that? Not just me, that's very common. I just, <laughs> the problem with that strategy is it doesn't work. Usually it just keeps us in mental proliferation. That tendency to just loop over and over and over in the same old thought patterns and in the process digging deeper mental ruts in our minds. The second problem with this strategy is that it disconnects us even more from our embodied experience and what's going on in the heart, what's actually our true feelings. And because of that disconnect, we're often more likely to act and to react in ways that are harmful for ourselves, for others. So it may sound completely counterintuitive on one level, but when it comes to pain, and particularly emotional pain, the way out is through. Or to use another of my favorite slogans, if it's in the way, it is the way. If it's in the way, it is the way. So this is an invitation to turn towards the stress, distress, pain, suffering. However, this does not mean masochistically forcing ourselves to feel our own or others' pain in excruciating detail. Remembering what I said yesterday, how all of the Brahma-Vihara qualities are supported by wisdom. And it's this wisdom that helps us to find the Buddha's middle way. The middle way being that balance point between, on the one hand, not just reflexively avoiding, ignoring, denying, resisting, and on the other, not drilling down and forcing ourselves to stay in our most excruciating trauma until it completely overwhelms us. So the middle way is the balance between those two extremes. Now, when I offer the guided compassion meditation soon, I am going to be using more of the reciting phrases method to begin with. But at the same time, I'll invite you to keep tuning into the body, to notice if there starts to be a tendency just to contract a little, or to stiffen or to brace in reaction to contacting the suffering. And if you do notice that kind of energetic tension, we can train in gently inviting it to release, to bring in this energy of resilience that can flex and stretch with what's difficult. And that makes it much easier to bear than when we're brittle in reaction to it. So we'll be gently monitoring what's happening energetically in the body, even as we bring in some of the traditional compassion phrases those phrases that evoke the willingness to turn towards suffering with the wish to be free from it and to help relieve it wherever possible. Now, this last aspect is important because sometimes compassion is misunderstood as simply empathy and it's framed as a capacity to feel someone else's sorrow and pain as if it were our own. But in the early Buddhist tradition, even as we may be feeling with and for another person, there's an underlying orientation to the relief of that suffering, 
And wherever possible, we do what we can to help that pain release. And it's this interplay of feeling with and imagining relief that can help protect us from empathy burnout or compassion fatigue. Okay, so the traditional way of practicing compassion is to just keep silently reciting a single phrase. For example, may you be free from your suffering. That's one that Guy Armstrong uses. And we just repeat that one phrase over and over again in relation to the different categories of beings from easy to neutral to difficult and so on. Now in my own practice, I found it pretty hard to get traction with just that one standard phrase. So I expanded it to include four phrases and they are, I'm aware of this pain. I care about this pain. May this pain release and may I know peace. I'm aware of this pain. I care about this pain. May this pain release. May I know peace. And we can shorten that into aware, care, release, peace. And I came up with those particular phrases to help soften some of the difficulties that I experienced with compassion practice. So the first two phrases can help to illuminate any resistance to being with the pain. And then the second two phrases offer us a reminder that all of this practice is oriented to moving beyond pain. So the first phrase, I'm aware of this pain, is a kind of a test. Sometimes I drop that phrase in, I'm aware of this pain, and then ask, is that true? Is there a willingness to acknowledge it? And sometimes the answer is a giant neon no. I do not want to be aware of this pain. But that's useful information, because unless I'm aware of the resistance, I can't do anything to soften it. And sometimes, if the resistance is super strong, then wisdom might discern, actually, this is not the right time. I might need to do something different for a while, bring the heart-mind into balance, and then come back to that practice later. So then the second phrase, I care about this pain, is also a kind of test. Is that true? Do I care about it? Or do I just want it to go away? Am I doing the compassion practice to get rid of the pain? So again, if we meet strong resistance here, we might need to approach this very gently. We might tell ourselves, okay, I'll care about this pain for 10 seconds, that's all. And then after 10 seconds, we deliberately turn our attention to something that's either neutral or pleasant so that we don't get overwhelmed by the pain. And this is not cheating as people sometimes think. Again, we're trying to stay in the balance of the middle way. On the other hand, if there's a very clear lack of care about the pain, then again, maybe it's not the right time. Switch to mindfulness of breathing or do some walking meditation. Go outside for a walk in the garden or park. So whatever we choose to do, we're trying to do it with as much consciousness as possible. We're trying to gently expand our capacity to be with suffering rather than trying to force ourselves out of our comfort zones. Because trying to do that is actually a subtle form of violence and it's totally counterproductive. So if we find ourselves pushing 
find ourselves in that terrain, then it's much better to take a strategic withdrawal, move away from the suffering as best we can. And then when we're more resourced, come back to it later. So now we come to the third phrase, which is may this pain release. And this is a reminder that compassion practice is not some kind of masochistic suffering for the sake of suffering. Now, it's true that sometimes compassion is presented as, quote, the heart that vibrates in response to another's pain. But this is only one aspect of it. It's not just empathy. And if all we're doing is feeling fully with another person's pain, this can easily slide into what's known as the near enemy of compassion, which is sorrow or overwhelm. And again, this is where we need to make sure compassion is supported by wisdom so that we can stay balanced and not collapse in the face of our own or others' distress. So in the early Buddhist tradition, compassion had this emphasis on the relief of suffering. And this is what helps us from not falling into overwhelm. So when we're doing compassion practice, if we are finding ourselves getting a bit lost in the suffering, that's a signal to emphasize the relief or the release aspect of it. Now, depending on the circumstances, this can be an imaginative exercise. So we might visualize ourselves or visualize the other person as being free from pain. And again, we, we can be creative here. So depending on what the situation is, we might imagine someone recovering full health, or imagine them getting out of debt, or imagine them finding a better job, or getting involved in a healthier relationship, or whatever the situation is. Now there's a caveat here, this needs to be realistic, it's not wishful thinking. So if, for example, somebody has a, like a health diagnosis that's chronic or even terminal, and we know they're not going to recover from that. We're not just wishing for a miraculous happy ending. Instead, we might orient to moments of relief from their pain, or imagine them having moments of loving connection with their family members. So again, we can be creative with this practice and keep adjusting and customizing it to suit the actual situation that we're working with. So we have a caring and realistic orientation to whatever the situation is. This in itself is a practice and it's supported by mindfulness. Mindfulness helps us to tune in to what's happening in the body, the heart, the mind. And it's a kind of a whole body listening. And out of that whole body listening, we intuit what's the skillful response. So I often talk about compassion as a practice of listening. And as I said with the Hubble telescope metaphor, we're tuning into what may be very faint at first, but the more we recognize the signals of natural compassion and clear out the visiting afflictive states, the more accessible compassion becomes. And then we can start to tune into the fourth phrase, may I know peace. So the more we've cleared out the afflictive states, we can be with the pain, the difficulty, with some degree of openness and ease and acceptance. And again, at times this might be an imaginative exercise. 
just for a moment, imagining that pain released. What might that feel like? We try to let that in as vividly as possible. And again, this protects us from falling into overwhelm. <laughs> 